Welcome to Cybersecurity Unlocked, a podcast dedicated to interviewing some of the industry's brightest minds. We will feature discussions from a wide range of subject matter experts about their careers, industry trends, and what the future holds. Welcome to Cybersecurity Unlocked, episode six. I'm delighted to be joined by the happiest man in cybersecurity, my good friend Ravi Ramaya. He is the executive director for Securinix um, for customer success for APJ. Thank you, Avian. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for having me here. Uh, pleasure. It's great. Thank you so much for doing it. It's really good to see you. I haven't seen you now for just trying to work it out. I think it's maybe like two years. I know we talk on the phone quite a lot, but... When was the last time I actually saw you? I suppose it's uh, easily about a year and a half. Yeah. 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 I don't and know where the, where the time has gone. And you have changed jobs. Yes, I have. Uh, very recently, I have joined Securonix mm-hmm. as executive director, like you rightly mentioned, uh, for the APJ region, managing customer success. Okay. So that's my new uh, gig. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about that then. What's the actual... Yeah, um, having spent about three years with uh, managed security services, um, I thought it was uh, time for me to move back into a product company mm-hmm. and uh, a company that's uh, really exciting in terms of uh, its product and the product capabilities. Uh, so Securonix uh, is, is a leader in the Gartner Magic Quadrant for SIM. Okay, And uh, doing a lot of great work and uh, product is... Uh, uh, top notch and uh, people are exciting. Uh, yeah. The company culture is uh, startup y in that sense, um, but really exciting uh, organization to work for. So mm. the choice was quite easy. Okay, awesome. I guess that's um, quite a common route that a lot of people take once you've worked for the big companies like the McAfee's and Microsoft, as you have. The companies that as you start to progress get sort of smaller and smaller, where you get a little bit more kind of influence bit more autonomy, um, a bigger voice. Is that, is that the sort of experience that you're, you're getting with um, Securinix? Yeah, it, it's been very, uh, very recent, so about a month or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to learn about the organization, people, um, the customer landscape and, and such. So it's a process of discovery. So, so far, uh, the company seems uh, very cohesive. There's a lot of teamwork. Uh, people are very excited to Mm. Uh, come in to work uh, daily and uh, do their stuff, though remotely. Yeah. yeah. And how does it feel going back into the sort of the product side? Is that kind of back to your roots? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> having spent about 12 years with uh, McAfee uh, mm. earlier, a product company, it's uh, kind of coming back home to a product company again. Uh, of course, there are uh, challenges with respect to how customers use your product, uh, the challenges that they face while they're using your product, uh, some product issues at times, but typically the way their product is utilized by the customers, the way it is set up and the way it is configured and things like that. So I'm here to help them harness the complete power of Securonix yeah. uh, to facilitate uh, uh, our customers' business and security goals. Mm. Well, I can think of nobody better for the job, I'm sure. How is every time I meet up with you, you've always got like the biggest smile on your face. How do you always stay so happy and so upbeat? <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, when, when, uh, when I meet people, uh, they normally uh, see that somebody in support should not be happy. 
yeah uh, and somebody in customer success is all with a grumpy face but um i must say that uh, probably i am the most optimistic person i know you are i get to, i get it yeah um i always believe that tomorrow can be better mm-hmm. and um uh you always keep your end goals in mind uh, yeah. to make a customer uh, successful yeah like we know happy uh, employees make happy customers yeah and uh, if i'm not happy i don't think i'm going to make my customers happy either yeah exactly so, so keep a positive outlook uh, yeah. and you will always find a solution to a problem yeah and if you lose the hope uh, then you're going to be grumpy yeah precisely can't say it better myself so how did you let's sort of re- rewind the clock a little bit how how did you get started um, in this industry uh purely by accident i was uh, a happy uh uh support manager uh, senior support manager with microsoft uh, in india um and uh, doing about my job and one of my guys quit and uh, and i have always kept very good relationships with people that i reported to and the people that reported to me and i asked him where did he go and then he said he joined mcafee i asked him what is mcafee that's how the journey started right i did not know i i first asked him what coffee and then he said no, it's mcafee then i went and did my research it was my first uh clear security company related knowledge that i acquired mm-hmm. and uh, he told me that you know the, there is an opportunity for a manager position in his team uh, so his manager had left so he referred me to okay. go back and become his manager again right. so that's how this worked i just went about the mandate was to set up a support center from the scratch uh, build it out and make it into a world class support center and uh, it took about uh, close to about 3 years uh, by the time uh, we really ar- arrived at that goal okay. so purely by accident but exciting journey so going into a manager role what sort of technical skills did you have to sort of acquire to or yeah i mean if you've got a team underneath you that 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 are doing the technical work i mean how sort of technically involved did you need to need to get yeah i think it's a really really important <coughs> question ajyan because any technical team that we manage you will not earn their respect mm. if you yourselves are not reasonably technical you don't need to be more technical than the team that you manage or the people that you manage but you definitely need to be technical enough to uh, understand what they are talking understand what customers are talking uh, get around the issues that that we are uh, dealing with mm-hmm. so there must be constant investment into learning and if you don't do it Uh, you will become obsolete and irrelevant and lose respect yeah. yeah okay and which areas were you kind of particularly interested in and what sort of skills did you sort of acquire or certifications did you get yeah that needs to be a very strategic approach uh, as we progress in the beginning when i was uh, with microsoft i acquired a, a mcsc which was the mm-hmm. trend at that point of time uh trying to understand uh, uh you know the system side network side and those kinds of things but when i moved to security i realized that that is insufficient mm. and uh, you need to keep talking to people and security trying to understand the trends and align your knowledge acquisition in that line mm. so for me it was uh, initially doing my s plus which is basic security course mm-hmm. um and then trying to understand what mcafee does what areas they 
plain uh, endpoint network application data security and those kinds of things understand what those technologies underlying technologies uh, are at that time it was uh, ips ids mm. uh, firewall yeah. the biggest ones so yeah, yeah. you learn about it and then over a period of time in the recent uh, past uh, every 3 years i have acquired some kind of certification mm. going back to school um, i went to nanyang polytechnic uh, for a year uh, that was after office hours spending uh, about Three to four hours, alternate days in a week, mm. um, over a period of a year. Yeah. Stressful but rewarding. Yeah. So subsequently, there was uh, a cloud security certification that I acquired uh, with the uh, uh, Institute of Systems by Sciences in uh, National uh, University of Singapore. And uh, very recently, about a month back, I went back to ISS NUS again. Uh, to do uh, another course which is in security architecture okay so i keep investing into myself in into learning and this this has to be strategic like i said where the market is moving and what you need to do for your job yeah 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 no i know that about you because every time I, i speak to you you're always learning i think what was the one that you were it was splunk yeah you did your splunk Uh, I, I did okay. a basic uh, course on Splunk, but today, uh, as you know, there are a number of uh, uh, resources to learn, like mm. Udemy. There's Coursera. Mm. Uh, there's so many host of uh, uh, you know resources that you can actually go and learn. Yeah. And uh, and companies themselves offer a lot of uh, free courses mm-hmm. if you want to learn. So I, I did learn about big data. Uh, Splunk move, has moved from big data to security SIEM space. Yeah. Um, we we actually operate in the same space. Securonics works in the same space as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's been the best one that you've done? One, the one that's been most uh, useful in you know, so you're you're working you're in your career. Uh, in terms of my learning. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh, the cloud security certification. Mm-hmm. um which was uh, which i did about 3 years back uh two and a half three years back mm-hmm. probably has been one of the most useful things that i have uh, learned mm-hmm. and uh, very recently the security architecture course as well yeah because uh, everything is moving to the cloud yeah and if you do not understand the risks associated with cloud security and uh, iot security ot security uh, it's it's going to be um, uh, you're going to be knowledge deficient mm. so in terms of learning my future learning would be more towards uh, iot security and ot security mm. and uh, of course to demonstrate that you know something it's always important to have some certifications yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. And so you were with McAfee for 11 years about 11 yeah yeah and what was it that attracted you to the um, the MSSP space because that's a, an area that I'd be keen to sort of discuss with you yeah so uh, if you need to be a well-rounded professional in uh, security <coughs> mm-hmm. you need to look at things in different perspectives right so uh, you yeah, i had a lot of time with a product company and it was a natural choice for uh, a person like myself to look at security from a different angle mm-hmm. uh, take a different perspective and uh, managed security services uh, made a lot of sense because you you've been in product you move into service you you get a very very close view of what customers want how customers are using security you don't sell and configure product but you also actually partner with them to deliver those services as well to mm-hmm. make them use the product better and uh, you know give them the support 
so that uh, made me uh, move into managed security services uh, i spent about 3 years uh, between ntt and uh, subsequently centurylink mm-hmm. i would say a year in centurylink gave me a lot more knowledge Really? Uh, and uh, indebted to CenturyLink for helping me understand a lot of things about MSS um, in a very short period of time because we also ended up uh, building a new platform during the time that I was there and um, of course it was a teamwork uh, but learned a lot of things in uh, one year with CenturyLink a great team great mm-hmm. company great culture great boss great Right, that's always important. How do you sort of assess the, the MSSP market now and how it's evolved you know, in, in the time that you spent in, um, in that space? Yeah, MSS uh, market has, uh, has been evolving. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, companies now choose to outsource against making uh, CapEx into security. Uh, it makes sense for them to outsource uh, a lot of the security needs to uh, companies uh, which provide services. Uh, particularly in this trend, we see uh, large organizations having their own security infrastructure, sometimes having their own SOC, but also outsourcing a part of their security requirements to MSS. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at smaller companies like SMBs or mid-tier companies, at times they outsource 100% of their security services. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be a hybrid uh, trend. Uh, with large companies, uh, but also uh, increasingly we are seeing that SMBs have started appreciating the need for security, but do not have the wherewithal to invest into building their own SOC, building their own security teams, or incurring capex on investing into security products. Mm. So the easier way is to call in an MSSP and tell them that, look, these are all the assets that I have, uh, IT assets that I have, Mm -hmm. I need somebody to monitor, um, I need somebody to manage it, and can you go ahead and do this? So that trend is going to grow a lot because companies are becoming more and more security aware, um, appreciating the importance of uh, protecting their data and PIA of their end customers, including startups as well, who are at huge risk Mm -hmm. if they don't cover their risk uh, of IT. And uh, then, you know, it's very, very important to protect their intellectual property and uh, customer and uh, employee data. Yeah. And of course, there's a, there's a distinct, well, there's a lack of uh, talent as well. And, you know, True. building a SOC in, in-house is, you know, not as easy as it sounds. You've got to, sure. you've got to, you've got to find the people. And especially trying to find people from overseas now is uh, extra challenging with um, True. with what's been going on with, the, with COVID. How do you think that the... the um, yeah, COVID has sort of affected the MSSP. Is there going to be sort of a shift in terms of, you know, the strategy for, for the big companies that are yeah. looking to outsource this? Uh, I, so. I, I would think that the security uh, focus by, for companies has uh, dramatically shifted. Mm-hmm. Like they say, uh, COVID has been the single greatest digital transformer mm-hmm. uh, for companies, right? So. People have started working from home, uh, like you and I, everybody else. A uh, large number of people are operating from their homes, uh, sometimes using unsecure uh, Wi-Fi 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times uh, VPNing into uh, their companies and carrying out their work. Um, advent of a lot of BYOD devices, bring your own devices, right? Um, so they could be non-standard uh, COE uh, environment uh, where people will be operating and mixed mobile computing devices that are used to access company networks to carry out their work. So it increases the threat surface for companies dramatically. And uh, companies have to gear up to deal with these uh, new ways of connecting, uh, employees connecting to their networks Mm -hmm. and uh, making sure every connection that happens with the company is legitimate uh, and authenticated properly and they protect their especially privileged users Mm -hmm. when they come in and work. Yeah. yeah. What do you think is going to be, I mean, is it a case of people, anybody that's in the industry, they need to get people back in the office as soon as possible? Or is this is just the kind of the new norm and we're going to have to, you know, increase the defenses and, you know, working from home, you know, working from home long term? Is that realistic, do you think? For Yeah, I, I believe, I mean, this is, this is the way I personally see it. Um, we are going to see an advent of uh, smart spaces, smart workspaces where uh, you may probably not work 100% from home, but it, it is also important because, because we human beings are social mm. uh, beings, right? So we, we would like to interact with people. However, it's not going to be always through uh, a Zoom or Microsoft Teams or Google Hangouts or any of those collaboration video conferencing um, uh, you know, facilities, but people would also like to meet at times, right? Mm. So uh, with the risk of uh, COVID spread going down slightly and possibly uh, a vaccine that might probably be coming up in the next maybe a few months' time, mm. the the hanging risk that is there for a secondary wave of infection or potentially another kind of virus will always be on the back of people's mind. So I don't think it's going to be 100% back to office. Mm. I believe companies are going to cut down on capex on acquiring uh, office spaces they will avoid long rentals with uh, uh, real estate developers and uh, property owners and opt for more co-share office spaces so when you have collaboration work that needs to be done or let's say you want to meet a customer then you book your space you go in there Mm. i would think that it's a coffee shop on steroids Mm. where you will go there both for entertainment and for work. And right. there would be possibly um, uh, confined spaces as well or reserved spaces, meeting rooms, where you know you will get services of uh, a coffee shop. Uh, kind of like WeWork. Yeah, something like a WeWork. Yeah. I think will become more uh, relevant. As you can see, SoftBank has uh, upped their investment on WeWork while the WeWork uh, shares have slumped. Uh, very recently, uh, Mr. Son invested a lot more into WeWork. Well, they stopped their funding, didn't they? Uh, very the recently, they did another round of investment. They've gone back in, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would move. believe that uh, WeWork uh, and similar concepts will actually catch up uh, quite a bit. Yeah, it is an interesting concept, isn't it? It seems that, and I, could, I was really surprised at how many WeWorks are in Singapore now. I think there's what is there about maybe fifteen offices around about. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. in the WeWork as well. It's yeah. a great concept. I I do really enjoy it. I do miss the kind of the the buzz of like being in a busy office, um, you know, with you know thirty or forty people all jammed together, and you know, yeah. it's a sales environment. So 
I, I, I guess I do miss that a little bit. But now that I guess I'm a little bit older, a bit more mature, you know, the work environment has changed yeah. uh, considerably. Yeah. What do you see as the trends? What do you think is in growth within cyber? What is becoming, you know, more obsolete or commoditized? Um, talking about things that are commoditized and uh, probably not obsolete, but commoditized is endpoint. Mm. Uh, the traditional AV is you cannot get rid of it, but uh, it's not sufficient anymore, right? And your traditional network security, like IPS, IDS. Uh, firewall you can't get rid of it but you know you need to up the ante and then move into the next era so the the trends that i see with cybersecurity is moving more towards uh, iot ot um, with the advent of 5g um, people are going to go more online to carry out their businesses um, they're going to be putting a lot of data out on the cloud so you need to be focused on cloud security iot security you have autonomous driving vehicles that are coming in contactless shopping that is happening um, there is a lot of collaboration that's happening online people are no longer storing their pictures on their phones but they are all on the cloud mm. um, and companies are putting a lot of information on uh, uh, cloud though compartmentalized and uh, contain containerized and uh, siloed uh, within the cloud uh, itself is, is becoming a trend. Uh, furthermore, I also see data localization of cloud as well as one of the secure security trends because uh, increasingly uh, organizations and governments who also have gotten into cloud presence as well need their data to be um, on the cloud but localized in their country. Mm. Um, because they do not want their data to be out there in some da data center that's um, thousands of miles away and uh, prone to risk as well or to local regulatory um, requirements as well. So various governments are imposing regulatory requirements that data should be localized even when you go to cloud. So mm. that is going to be a huge trend and securing that data becomes very important. Um, yet another one I see as a huge trend is um, state-sponsored threat actors okay. uh, who are attacking uh, not only institutions and companies, but also governments. Yeah. Um, we have seen recent instances of certain state uh, actors uh, with huge amount of resources at their disposable, uh, disposal actually going into uh, tampering with elections that we have seen. Mm. Uh, we have seen um, a lot of uh, state actors getting into uh, stealing intellectual property from uh, pharmaceutical companies, from uh, finance companies, um, causing reputational and financial and intellectual property damage. Mm. So that is uh, something that... Uh, um, is the trend which needs to be looked at very seriously and protected. Yeah. Yeah. So these are the things that I see are uh, very very key. Who who are the who are they? Like who are the biggest threats? Do you do you see? Or am I, is that an obvious question? It, it it is an obvious question to name uh, a particular country. Is a bit of a uh, risk because uh, I always believe that you know if you were to uh, name somebody for uh, responsibility towards something, you should have concrete proof, mm. right? In the absence of which, uh, I think it is only right that you allude to it 
but you don't name it and yeah. uh, and we have seen very recently what has happened uh, with various countries as well with uh, india taking the lead uh, sometime in july where they banned about 59 uh, applications coming out of a particular country mm-hmm. uh, which included tiktok mm. uh, and uh, wechat and uh, a number of applications uh, followed uh, by very closely by the us which uh, in september they're going to be banning a number of uh, applications as well mm. um, while we look at that uh, a lot of uh, countries as well have banned certain companies originating of a certain um, rogue nations as as they are called uh, from participating in uh, bidding for 5g um, and uh, and and preventing them from participating in uh, critical projects as well mm. not just 5g but a lot of critical projects whether it be technology or defense uh, they are being very careful because uh, they do not want any more theft theft of their intellectual property they do not want any more tampering with uh, their uh, affairs of a sovereign state mm. so it it is very very important uh, uh, that we follow these trends yeah yeah do you think many other countries are going to follow suit so india us yeah is um, there any Yeah I think it, it is Australia did very recently you saw uh, because of the trade war that they had uh, they immediately saw uh, the way uh, China retaliated uh, against them yeah. in fact uh, this is public information so we can obviously talk about it mm. uh, the pm of uh, australia scott morrison actually named uh, china as one of the uh, major uh, players who started launching attacks on uh, australian infrastructure mm. so what becomes very important as one of the things that is a trend in the future is that the size of the nation size of your economy or size of your defense uh, does not matter anymore mm. because it's all the world is going to a cyber warfare yeah do you think so it is are uh, we not in do you think we're in that now or is it it does feel like there's a lot of kind of yeah retaliation sort of on on both sides yeah. and that kind of leads I, I, me to believe that we're already kind of in it but yeah yeah true it's I escalating think, yeah it is escalating but i think that today they are playing just one level below the war mm. like you know whether it is tampering with elections or um affecting some critical infrastructure or stealing intellectual property uh, those things are actually just one level below actual war Mm. uh when the real warfare cyber warfare happens uh i would i actually abhor the thought but if it were to happen you will see they will be jamming up your airports they will be jamming your traffic mm. uh, they will be shutting down your power generation and distribution uh, they will affect critical water supply now that's going to be cyber warfare i don't think any country has escalated their uh, attacking to that level yet mm. uh, but if if we were to go into a war kind of a situation um this is what i was saying that you know you don't need to militarily and physically attack any country mm. you can be a very small country with a super good brain power mm. uh, trained extremely well in cyber attack techniques and launch an attack 
yeah. on another country yeah. and your size does not matter anymore mm. it's the capabilities that you have and the resources at your disposal to launch a cyber attack on another country okay yeah that's a scary thought but it is, it yeah. is reality it is i know it is pretty scary where are you going to where are you going to go if this all sort of kicks off or are we going to stay i guess singapore is pretty much a a good place to stay yeah i think the the best strategy to have is to have friends mm. right and i think singapore is actually great uh, in its uh, way uh, they they do not uh, antagonize anybody mm. um, they don't have any reason to do so as well um, they work well with every country uh, i think countries should actually take an example of uh, yeah. how singapore does right the singapore way as it is called and um, make sure that you do not give reasons for people to attack you yeah if there is no reason then there is no uh, way that people mm. are going to attack but it's a very difficult proposition especially when it comes to very big countries like india uh, yeah. and china and us or australia um they could there could be tensions that uh, might escalate mm-hmm. uh, but ideally they should all be dealt with in a diplomatic way yeah. than to uh, leave it into a war situation yeah. which is risky yeah, yeah yeah exactly how long have you been in singapore now about 10 uh, years 10 years yeah yeah no plans to return home um i would Settled call here. singapore home now yeah okay yeah. so return home is uh, basically singapore you're here yeah you're here. yeah my children would definitely not want to uh, think of any other country as home yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming down. It's great to see you as always. Have you got any more are you are you doing any more uh, training? Any more? Yeah. Sets? What what's what's next for you? Uh the next for me would be to focus on OT. Yeah. Uh, operations technology and uh, get to learn more. Uh supply chain security uh becomes very important. So I'll be focusing my studies towards uh, IoT, OT, supply chain security. Uh, as my next uh, uh, learning ventures sounds good awesome all right well best of luck with it best of luck for the rest of this year as well and in the new job thank you everyone thanks for having me all right ravi thank you take care cheers thank you thank you everybody for listening cybersecurity unlocked is also available on youtube please like and subscribe to get the latest updates